So I got a word, and um, I, I want to share this word. It really does not make sense in my head, like at all. And I'm hoping that it applies to somebody. And so I, was, I had my hand in the pocket, and I was going like this, like worshiping. I had a quarter in my pocket, and I just had this sense to say, look at, the, look at the name on the back of the quarter. And then when you get up on stage, say that name that's on the quarter. And, and, I'm, and I really think it's going to apply to someone. If it doesn't, then I'm just crazy, which is okay. Um, so the word is uh, kisachi. Kisachi. Does that apply to anyone in this room? Kisachi. K-I-S-A-T-C-H-I-E. No? A bummer. I'm just crazy. That's okay. Um, so there, there goes my start. So I'm, gonna, um, I'm just going to continue and try, to, and try to keep going from that. <laughs> How many of you know that? Like, so I'm, I'm going to share just a little bit of a story that that I took away. I was at a conference two weeks ago, and or it was a week and a half ago, week and a half, two weeks ago, and it's called the Power and Love Conference, and it was just amazing. I learned so much, and and part of what we learned was um, sometimes we were afraid to take risks because we're afraid that the people that we're engaging with, that we're presenting God and we're misrepresenting Him. That we're afraid that if we do something silly like, say, Kisachi on stage, that people might get a poor view of God and therefore be misled. And, and part of what they were teaching us, in a sense, was God's a big boy. And God honors when his children obey, even when sometimes it's difficult and you might think it's your own self. Does that make sense? So sometimes we want to do something, but we think it's ourselves. We're like, is God leading us or is this myself? I'm not sure if this is God or this is me, and so I'm just not going to do anything. There's a level of risk or a level of boldness we need to have in making decisions. We need to go out on a limb sometimes. And so they talked about, rever- they talked about the what if. So how many, we all have these situations in our life that I would go talk to that person, but what if they reject me? I would help someone, but what if they don't want someone to talk to them right now? And we have these what ifs in our lives, and what, what if we reverse the what if? Like, what if our what if wasn't what if it didn't happen, what if it did happen? But what if our wonder and how good and how great and how powerful God is reversed our thought process on our questioning of what if. What if the person that you feel led to go talk to is suicidal and, said, and they've made a commitment to themselves that I'm going to kill myself unless somebody comes and says hi to me and is kind to me today. What if, what if, what if that's the, the case? What if the person that you're going to go talk to, like a testimony that we have from this past week, we had our Thursday night outreach we had a guy who's part of our uh, part of our ministry at Access, which is the young adult group, and he had a, he just had this weird. So we're at our outreach. He's at Walmart. Any of you guys go to Walmart? There's this lady sitting on the bench, and he has this feeling of like I should go, I should just go ask if she needs prayer. Like I just should go ask. But then he then he goes like, anyone have been here? 
I don't know if I should. Uh, uh, what if she doesn't want to be talked to? What if she rejects me? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? But he pushes through that and says, I'm going to do it. So he walks up to the lady. He says, hey, I know this is kind of strange, but could, is there anything that I can pray for, pray for you for? Like, is there any way that I can pray for you? And she goes, What? Like, she didn't understand, like, the concept that some stranger would pray for someone in Walmart just totally blew her mind. She goes, what? He goes, I'm a Christian, and I just felt God wanted me to come ask you if, if I could pray for you. And she looks at him, she sits up, she sits forward and looks at him dead in the eye and says, I really just want to know God. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, you could say, that's the easiest evangelism that I've ever heard in my life. Like, if only they were all that easy. You go up to a, strand, a woman that you don't know, you ask her, can I pray for you? She says, I want to know God. So they sit down with her, they pray with her, she receives Jesus right there in the middle of Walmart. And I'm like, God, you're so amazing. But here's the point. What if, what if, what if? What if? The woman, the man, the person that God is laying on your heart to contact is on the edge of making a decision to follow Jesus and they're just waiting for someone to point them in the right direction. And what if that person is you? You guys are quiet today. What the world? That's just, that, that wasn't any part, of the, uh, any part of the topic, but I just, let's reverse the what if. What's the worst that can happen? Somebody did, says no? Like, if it's a stranger, you're never going to see him again. Who cares? Like, they say no. You move on. You plant a seed. You do it in love. So, moving on. Tonight, <laughs> so, um, about a year, a year and a month ago, um, I was at junior high camp. It was awesome. And... I hurt my shoulder, and I don't really know how I did it, but I was doing a bunch of activities with kids and like going crazy and climbing rock, or doing rock climbing walls and throwing the football and jumping around and doing, doing crazy stuff with the, with the junior hires. So I'm doing all this stuff, and the more I wake up in the morning, my shoulder's just like shot. Like it's like I can't even lift it. It's like, uh, like this thing's done. Like I can't. I'm like in the sling. I'm like this is not good. So. We pray for it. It doesn't get healed. So I'm like, okay, what do I do? So I'm, I'm going to wait it out. I'm a tough guy. I don't like doctors. If you're a doctor, I'm sorry. I just, I don't know what's the, what the problem is with me. I just, if I can just let it heal out, like I, I don't want to go to the doctor. Um, so I'm waiting it out and it's been like f six, five months. So we're into like the new year and it still hasn't gotten better. It's still just not doing good. My shoulder, I still am like having a hard time lifting it and, and, but I'm stubborn, so I'm like, I'm not going to go because it'll heal itself. So finally, my wife is like, Jake, you need to go to the doctor. And I said, I don't want to go. She, well, you know, happy wife, happy life. So I went to the doctor. And, uh, and uh, so I go to this, actually, didn't go to the doctor. I went, first I went to a kinesiologist. So a kinesiologist is like a um, mix between a chiropractor and a witch doctor. And... Uh, and, <laughs> no, I love kinesiologists. Like, he's like my best friend. Um, 
So he's basically, he's like a holistic medicine and a chiropractor. So he adjusts you, gives you vitamins, minerals to help your body heal itself. It's, and, and it's actually fantastic the way that God has designed our bodies to actually heal itself. It's amazing. And so I go to the doctor, uh, go to the kinesiologist, and, and I'm sitting there and he's trying to diagnose what's my problem with my shoulder. So he's like, rubbing here, do this, like put your hand on your forehead. Now lift your arm. Oh, see how it's better? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you are a witch doctor. This is crazy. And so he says, now take this supplement. Oh, yep, that's the problem right there. And I'm like, what is going on? If you've never been to a kinesiologist, you don't know. If you have been to a kinesiologist, you probably know what I'm talking about. It's really strange, but it's awesome. Anyway, continuing. Um, So I'm at the kinesiologist. He's checking all the things. He says, I think I know what's wrong with you. I think I know what the problem is with your shoulder. And I go, sweet, like what, what's, what's the problem with my shoulder? And he goes, there's a, um, you have a, a vertebrae that almost comes in the front of your, it's like right here in the center. I'm like, dude, my shoulder, it's like my shoulder. He's like, yeah, you have an, you're out of alignment right here. So if I adjust that, your shoulder will release. I said, Okay whatever, dude. So he, he puts me in this like a really weird position, you know, like they do the chiropractors. He took my neck and I'm like, dude, it's just going to break my neck. You know, like when I go like that, <clears throat> you're like, oh my gosh, like what's happening right now? And so he, he takes me, puts me in this weird position. And he's like, okay. He ro- starts like rocking me. I'm like, I'm like a baby. What, what's going on right now? So I'm like rocking. And then he goes, okay, on the count of three, I'm going to, I'm going to push and I'm going to adjust it. So he goes, one, two, three. He goes, <clears throat> and I'm going to go, Literally, this, 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 whatever this is in here just releases. And I'm like, oh. He goes, lift your arm. I go, oh, what the heck did you just do? He's like, yeah, because this is connected to this, which is connected to this, and this is actually, and now your shoulder is gonna, actually going to be able to heal because you're adjusted correctly. You're out of alignment, and because you're out of alignment, it was limiting your shoulder's ability to heal itself. Because our bodies are meant to heal themselves. They're created. God created our bodies to work in a certain way to heal. That's why you get a scab. Like you cut yourself, you get a scab. It's amazing. It's like scientists can't even explain it. They might be able to, but I'm just going to say that. Um, And uh, (laughs) sorry if you're a scientist. (laughs) From Kasachi. Maybe the scientist is from Kasachi or something. Lives on Kasachi Street. So I have a, like, I'm bringing this around. So sometimes there are areas in our lives that we're hurting in, and we do things to try to fix that area of our life. Anger problems, temper problems, We have areas in our lives that are, we're struggling in. And we do everything we can to make that area of our life heal. We might even go to physical therapy and we're working on it and we're, we're doing the right exercises. We look up on, on the internet. Don't look up at WebMD. It'll just tell you you have cancer. Um, <laughs> and uh, and you, we try to fix the areas of our lives when, lo and behold, once we actually go to someone who knows how the body works, you realize that 
It's actually the brokenness is in a totally different area of your life. And we're trying to fix the external pain, but in reality, it's a deeper root issue that's causing the pain. Just like in our bodies, with my shoulder. And so we're going to be in a four-week series um, entitled Roots. And so I'm going to be teaching two weeks, and my good friend Nick Mayo, who's involved with the young adult uh, ministry here at Res Life Access, he's going to finish off the, the last two weeks. It's going to be a four-week series. You're going to want to be to every single one, I promise you. This is, we did this series with our young adults, and it was the most powerful teaching and experience that we've ever done with our young adults. Um, so much freedom, so much breakthrough in people's lives, um, so much truth that was instilled in people, and people realized the lies that they were believing and walked, started walking into a level of freedom that they've never experienced before. It's tremendous, excuse me, testimonies. And so there are these areas hmm, of brokenness that we have in our lives, these areas that we just, eh, we always, there's that one sin that I always just, oh, that's the thorn in my flesh. It's the cross I have to bear. It's whatever it is, this area in our life that we just can't seem to get over and we do whatever we can. We get accountability partners. We get the prayer team. We ask all our friends to pray for us, but nothing seems to work. And I'm here to beg the question, what if the area of your life that you're struggling in is not the problem? Jesus is very clear. He says, make the tree good and the fruit will be good. And we're looking at the fruit of our lives and we're saying it's not good fruit. I'm going to try to go buy more fruit. Here's the reality. If you want better fruit in your life, you have to get down to the root. Because the root is the area of nutrition. It's the area of growth. It's the area of health. It's the deep-rooted issues that are not seen on the surface. We like to deal with the fruit. We like to, like, we like to put like, makeup on our fruit. We like to like, make it look good. And we like try to try to make the good fruit of our lives look good. And we try to like, hide that other fruit like, behind the good fruit so that no one can see like, our bad fruit, but they just see the good fruit. But in our, when we're alone, when we're all alone, when nobody's watching, we know we have the bad fruit. We know we have that secret stuff that no one knows about, maybe not even our spouse. We know we have that secret stuff, but you know what? As long as I just keep this fruit up here, that's me. And everyone, will, no one will know. No one will know. But here's the reality. If we continue in the, if we continue in the direction of, of unhealth or, or bad root systems, what happens to the tree? It eventually dies. The fruit eventually withers up. The tree outgrows the root system. You ever notice like when, like, when it gets to degree angles, right? So you have a degree angle. So one degree angle. If you're off one degree angle and you travel 10 feet, how far off are you from the center? I mean, we could figure it out by mathematics. Um, but you're not that far off from the center. You're still in the general direction. From a distance, you still look like you're still in that straight line. If you're looking at it from far away, you're still in the straight line. What happens if you go like 20 feet and you continue in that one degree angle? Like you, you travel 20 feet, what happens? 
you're further off from the center line. What happens if you travel 100 feet? You're, you, the more that you travel in the wrong direction, even if, it's a, even if it's just tiny, even if it's just one degree off, the longer that you travel on that path, the further away from truth you get. So instead of masking our sin, masking these things that we struggle with, we have to get to the root issue of what's causing it. We have to get to the root issue, whether it's from the time you were 13 years old and now you're 56. Something happened to your dad. Your mom and dad got divorced and you were 13 years old and it crushed you and you've never dealt with it. But now you're standing here today and you've gotten through life by coping mechanisms and standing here and it still eats you alive whenever you think about it. Or maybe you're 19 years old and you're in here. And you never had a dad. And it beats you up inside and you can never forgive your dad because he left you. And now you have all these things that have happened because of that, but you've gotten through life and you still made even believe in God at this point, but you're still struggling and you're still struggling and you're dealing with all these issues and you're wondering why you're struggling, why God is distant, why this, why that. There are these root issues. Sometimes they even happen to us when we're like five years old that have caused us to believe things that are not true. And the devil is a deceiver and he's a liar and he takes full advantage of the mistakes of parents. And he starts whispering lies to young kids. He starts whispering lies to kids about who they are and about their value when they're young. And they grow up and they start, to think, they start to think that way and they start to believe that way. And all of a sudden they grow up and they're in the church and they grew up in the church and they, and they know the church language and they know the Bible, they read the Bible, they love God. But at the same time, there's this rooted issue that they've never told anyone. Or maybe they have told some people, but they still cannot get over it. And it's causing the fruit of their lives to be dead. Whew. This is, I feel like it's like heavy right now. It's okay. We're going to get lighter. We're going to, yeah? What's up? What is it? Yeah. That's good. What's your name? Gladys. What's come again? Gladys. Gladys? Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. We'll get back to that. That's awesome. <sighs> Who would have known I would have gotten help with my sermon from the crowd? Thank you, Gladys. Kasachi, man, that's so... So from what I understood, what I heard you, it was a forest, a national forest that was very fruitful, 
It's very green. Health. Great Depression. Dead. And now it's back alive. Woo! Oh, man. Here's my question to you. Is anyone here? I'm, a, I'm scrapping my sermon from this point on right now. Is anyone here suffering from depression? And they once knew, they once walked in a life of fruit, fruitfulness. You once walked in a life filled with love and passion for God, but something happened. And I would dare say this, something happened with a close relative, something happened with someone close to you, and you've been harboring unforgiveness in your life because of that very thing. If that's you, raise your hand. Even if you just suffer from depression, even if you, because you're going to get free tonight. It's coming off, I promise you. It's coming off. If you're here, I'm not just going to ask you to come up front. If I can get music up here, Jared, if you're here. Jared, if you're in here, that'd be awesome, man. I would take, you, take a bold step. I, pr- I promise you, if you're, we're not going to embarrass you. This is a family here. This is a family. We don't judge each other. We love each other. We carry each other's burdens. There's no shame in this. This is freedom. This is freedom right here. Ah, thanks for sharing that. Oh, my gosh, that was so bold. Come here. Come here. Oh, yeah. I just got a number of seven. There's seven more people out there who need to come up. So we'll wait for you, but we're going to continue in this. Um, yeah, thank you. There's no shame in this. Yeah. So once again, if you've ha- even if you're just suffering from depression, but there's a really cool picture in this, in this that, that you once lived a life Loving God, something happens, depression kicks in, now you're in a dry place, but let's not forget what happened to, to, this, to this forest. It's coming alive. It's coming alive. So you guys can come up here, just come up front. We're not going to like do anything crazy to you. We're just going <laughs> to speak life over you guys. How many, people, how many more people came up? I think that was like four or five. Yeah, thank you, man. Thanks for your honesty. God's going to touch us, touch you all tonight, I promise. It's gone. Depression's gone. I know you might say, well, I've been dealing with it a long time. I don't know about this. Like, how can it just be gone? Here's the reality. The Bible clearly talks about it over and over and over and over and over again. Those who believe in Christ, they're made new. Old is gone, passed away. Behold, the new has come. And what I'm going to ask of you tonight, and, and my, what I'm going to ask of you tonight is to evaluate one question who do you need to forgive okay um, Nick and Ryan just be praying if you get anything share like, just, you can grab the mic even have them turn it on and you can share it but um, and if you're in the, if you're in the if you're out there right now uh, I think we're still waiting on at least one or two more people um, but um, if you're out there, just please intercede for these people. Just start speaking the heart of God over this group right now because they're going to be free. And you guys, are we're all a part of that. So my question to you is, who do you need to forgive? Because here's the reality. There's a verse. There's, it's going to be up there. It's Romans 8 if you want to look at it. 
you want to look at the verse up there, I'm going to point something out to you. Romans 8, 38-39. It says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Couldn't you go back to the beginning? So we're going to create a list of what can't separate you from, from the love of God, okay? We're going to create a list. So that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God. You know what's not on that list? Your past. Holding on to past, holding on to unforgiveness from things that have happened in your past can separate your experience with the love of God. And the experience with the love of God is the thing that's going to set you free. It's not me, it's not a prayer. It's the Holy Spirit that comes when you submit and you say, yes, I let it go. Holy Spirit's going to come in, he's going to free all of you. So my question, what person in your past do you need to forgive? And what I want you to do is you can go into time of worship, even go a little bit louder if you can. I want you just to start expressing who you're forgiving for what they did to you. Use your mouth what you forgive. And as you do that, I promise you, Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to start ministering to you. He's going to start healing your heart, changing the way you think, changing your motives of your heart. So I'm going to give you guys just a minute to do that. Who do you need to forgive? Anyone out there, if you guys, if you're struggling with unforgiveness, it's the cancer of life. It's the cancer of life. Jesus has called us no option to forgiveness. Don't let what happened in the past by your husband, by your ex-husband, by your wife, by your ex-wife, by your kids. Don't let what they did limit your experience and your ability to experience God's love. Because the things of your past can separate you. Don't let it. That's not God's heart for you. God's heart for you, for all of us to experience God's fullness and his love. Every breath we could ever breathe, 
Part of you that wants to believe but because you've been down this road before it's hard to believe because you've gone back to the place of depression so right now I'm just sensing whoever right now is struggling with doubt I just want you to lift your hand I'm gonna pray with you personally in agreement we're gonna crush the doubt and then we're gonna go right after that depression stop um i just want to end with one thing um anyone ever felt like they've forgiven someone but the anger and the feelings don't go away anyone like you you've said with your mouth i forgive this person but the anger and all the feelings you have stay so i was having a conversation with a friend and he was expressing this this feeling that he had of, I know I've forgiven him, but these feelings keep coming back. They keep coming back and they keep coming back. 
want to share a scripture with you and just an encouragement as we leave. Matthew 18, 21 through 22. And then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, Jesus answered, or no, seven times. Not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. And often we think of that as all different occasions and when in fact, most often, it's the same thing that we need to keep forgiving and keep forgiving and keep forgiving and keep forgiving and keep forgiving. So I told my friend, I said, even though you feel the same way, you have forgiven him. Do not let your feelings dictate the truth that you've expressed with your heart. If you have a sincere heart to not feel the way that you do towards someone, that's called faith. So what I encourage you to do is start partnering with your sincere desire and stop believing the lie that you have not forgiven them. Because if you tell yourself long enough that you've not forgiven them, guess what? you're going to start believing that lie and keep holding those negative feelings. But I dare you to start partnering with your sincere desire and pray something like this. It doesn't have to be this. I'm giving an example. God, my desire is to have zero negative feelings towards this person. I acknowledge that I still have those feelings, but that's my old man. I choose to partner with the true me who has a sincere desire to be free from unforgiveness. So God, produce in me a love and a compassion for this person that can only come from you. And I refuse to partner with unforgiveness from this day forward. I refuse to partner with the negative feelings that I have towards them. I refuse to. I only submit to the truth, which is that you have forgiven them, so I will forgive them, as you have forgiven me. You see, we often think that if we have those same emotions and feelings, that our forgiveness didn't work. But the reality is the devil is trying to convince you that you haven't forgiven them. The devil is trying to convince us that unforgiveness is still present in our lives. But if we choose to partner and team up with the sincere desire, I promise His grace will kick in and there will start to be an activation of freedom in your life. Do not accept the negative feelings that come towards another person when you've already chosen to forgive them. That is your old person. And Jesus says, Behold, I have made all things new. Colossians 3 talks about putting off the old self and putting on the new self. It says put off anger, rage, malice, unforgiveness. It says put off all these old things and put on the new man with compassion, kindness, gentleness. It says put on these things. This is like putting, like you get dressed every day. And sometimes we need to put off and take off those nasty clothes that we wear, like anger, rage, and malice. We need to consciously take them off and put on forgiveness, put on compassion, 
Put on, I don't know why I'm putting on so many pairs of pants. Put on kindness. It's a decision that Jesus will empower you to make if you have a desire. So don't be discouraged if you've forgiven someone tonight and you still feel like, I don't forgive them, I still feel. You've forgiven them in your heart and your sincere desire. Continue to forgive that person 70 times seven times. So Jesus, we thank you for the work that you've done. Holy Spirit, I thank you for solidifying the forgiveness and the healing that took place tonight, God. Holy Spirit, I thank you. You're the only person who can do any ministry, God. Holy Spirit, you're the only person who can make any sort of change. It's the truth that sets us free. So we thank you, God, for your truth and for your kindness and for your love. With your eyes still closed, the only reason why we can ever forgive someone else is if we truly believe that we're forgiven. We have to believe first that we're forgiven in order to have the capacity to forgive someone else. If you're here and you've never made a decision to surrender and trust your life with Christ and with God, tonight is your night. And what's gonna happen is everything you've ever done, any mistakes you've ever made, any, any dumb things or dumb decisions that you've made will be forgiven in an instant and you will be made new. All of your sins that you've ever committed, forgiven, washed clean, thrown into a sea of forgetfulness. And Jesus, Holy Spirit is gonna come and make his residence inside of you. And you're gonna become a, a house for the living God. Well, if you're someone and you were that description of that forest, that's you and, you're, and, and maybe you were once green, you were living for God and now you're not living for God and you need to re, you could say dedicate or repurpose your life towards Christ, now's a great time. What I'm not saying is if you still have unforgiveness, you need to read, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you've never trusted and put your trust in Christ or if you did a long time ago and you need to recommit, tonight's your night. On the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Yes, God. Yes, God. If you raise your hand, that's like, that is so cool. Thank you so much for being humble. Thank you so much for being honest. We're gonna, I'm just gonna pray. And as I pray, just put your heart in a position to receive from God. Just have your mind just, just clear and open to what to receive from God. So God, I thank you for the decisions that were made today. I thank you, God, for the, that their sincere heart to know you and love you and trust you with their life. So I thank you for what Jesus did on the cross, that he removed our sin, he paid for it in full so that we could be a house fit for a king. We could be, we could be a living, breathing representative of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, God, that you've forgiven their sins. God, that you've made them eternally right in your sight. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys okay with audibles? You guys okay with that? We made an audible tonight. Like, we weren't totally on path, uh, on path of where we were going. I think there was some powerful ministry tonight, seriously. I believe there was some freedom that took place up here. Thank you so much, Gladys, for uh, sharing that.
He totally just redirected the whole night, which is awesome. 